Gitzet M podcast. God save our gracious queen. God save our gracious queen. God save our queen. I'm Alden. And we're both teachers at a Canadian school in China. And we're searching for answers. But poorly! So that makes us real human beings. This is our podcast where we talk about random stuff like uh, movies, TV shows, music, life in China, teaching, politics, sports, pretty much whatever we're interested in. Uh, so what's on the schedule today? It's um... Presenter and deepest friend Jacob Skimmerhorn, but also our current <laughs> guest, real human being, Miss Julie Forrest. <laughs> we come not this day from China, but in fact, distant, foggy, and most desperately in need of reform, the United Kingdoms. <laughs> wow. Well done. Hi, Julie. Hi, thanks very much. Thank you for having me. Whoa. It's been great. What happened? Whoa. Oh, you know, I've been living in Scotland for about a year now. So, you know, these things. <laughs> well, just... I, you know, something about you is different. Um, I know, a, I did cut did my you hair. Get a, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Uh, I, I did, I did. Glasses, maybe, yeah, or something? Uh, ah, good. Yeah. Little cool. little known fact: Scotland is still part of the UK. Uh, is it little known? <laughs> yes, especially to the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to them. Oh, man, yeah. you know, having an independent Scotland would have been cool. I really wish yeah. that, that 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 they have their own money. Well, They're basically independent. Well, that's the know. thing. Like, yeah, they stab each other to the no. death of the borders all the time. So you know, you'd think. But like, it's the that you know that's I thought that as well. I was like, really, what? Yeah. What does it matter? But it's. There's Scotland still sends so much tax money right. down south or down south. Down south. Down south. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the way to think about it. Well, like <laughs> tax funny. money and like money from Scotland has so many great resources mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, England doesn't want to let it go mm-hmm. because of the resources. Of course. Well, blanket statementing. Blanket statement. <laughs> There's the first one. First well, one for that. So <laughs> regardless, <laughs> regardless, we're we're piping in from sunny Danoon. Yes. Right. Which, I mean, if anyone told me that, you know, Scotland's dreary and dark so far, I don't believe yeah, it. Yeah, th- 66% of the time we've been here, it's been a... It's bl- been bright and sunny. Yes. Bright and sunny. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. You brought the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a small town. Uh, Just west yeah. of Glasgow. Yeah, about 13,000 13, nice people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice little... Like, I really like it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good. We did yeah. a we did a really rapid tour of uh, London as well, uh, then trained up. So 
Yeah, we've, we've seen everything that you need to about the UK. Danoon and London. When you, people talk about the UK, they say, you gotta go to London. But also, have you heard of Danoon? Mm. And, you know, frequently... Do people? Do well, they? Do then, they do? I guess, I guess I'll start there. Alden, what was your first impressions of, uh, I guess, London? Yeah, uh, I mean, right away, this is gonna sound um, oh, yeah, stupid, <laughs> what, with, what uh, does what, it? What what it? Yeah, come on, you, yeah. come on, <laughs> Jacob. We're all racing there. You don't need to. <laughs> don't punch down. Um, <laughs> speaking English, uh, being in an English-speaking country, simply right. Of course, right. <laughs> for, from speaking from my perspective, no, I, I actually didn't think you were going to say that. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just simply being in uh, an English-speaking country again, and and seeing people. Who aren't all Chinese? That, <laughs> Eyebrow yeah. raised. That, that could, I was wondering where that you're going could with be this said here. better. Yeah, yeah uh, I feel like that, China's seeing a very a more China, diverse. Thank you. China is a very homogenous uh, nation. Going to a place like the UK, there's a lot of people, a lot of different cultures. Well, to be fair, you are from a smaller. You yes. stay in a smaller community yeah. in China, and you went to the one of the biggest cities Seas, in the world. Exactly. It, it was, so. that was the right away. But that's yeah. that's superficial. That's just me being a different country. Yeah. Um, if I was to actually answer Jacob's question, uh, I think the <laughs> thing that immediately struck me was the smallness of the tube subways. Yeah. That was that was like one of my first big comments. I was like, wow, the tube's really tiny. I did not expect it to be so cramped. Yeah, so the, the, the sides are like sloped in. Yeah, so it's so If oh. you're standing... You can't just stand up straight if yeah. you're on the sides. Oh, you gotta yeah, like just, stoop yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is different than most of the ones that I've ever been in. Yeah, and, same. Uh, yeah, but weirdly, it didn't. I mean, it got kind of crowded, but it didn't get like no, like super. Like I've been, I was worried about. I that, lived actually. in New York. Did you? Uh, and not the state, not, the city. Yes, <laughs> and believe it or not, those ones get very crowded. Uh, these ones never. Whenever we were, they never felt them, crowded. They, yeah, they never felt that way. Maybe they're. I mean, Tight, not 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 like sardine no. packed because I've been there before. Yeah. That's the worst. Um, and yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it is funny though because you say that um, your first impression of a place is often its airport yeah. and it's like public transport because yeah. like you usually have you to experience go, that immediately. Well, you have to take like an hour or yeah. so yeah. or whatever ride from the airport to get into the actual city. Generally, I don't know. Um, Okay. So, yeah, that, that, that's that's a good call on that, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, what was your first impressions of London? Of London, this like, when you first London w- when I first when yeah you when no. I first either either this which, trip I whichever actually, way you you yeah, care well, to answer this question. Well, I thought um, this trip I went down to London recovering from a cold mm-hmm. and I had the residual like cough. Mm-hmm. I found the air was like really getting to me, yeah. even though it's very cl- it was really clear, it was mm-hmm. sunny. Yeah. It's still you could feel it, like you could feel the pollution. Mm-hmm. And I and you've been to China. <laughs> well, that's that's why it was weird. It's like there's there wasn't much like greenery or mm-hmm. plants, mm-hmm. and the air wasn't very good. And like there was quite a lot yeah. of like garbage around. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> you know, China's really not that different. Like London, you know, they can yeah, well, they can boast that they're so different, but really, even even the green spots like uh, Hyde Park and all those ones, like the it was just like these kind of these barren, pathetic, like, this pathetic little grass that was stubby and growing out it was mostly yeah. dirt. Yeah, 
I was like, oh, this is yeah, sad. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of, maybe they just, like, big cities are just like that. But yeah, yeah I didn't, I didn't expect I the pollution to true. get to me, because you can't see it, so. Yeah. And, like, the river's right there, so I just thought, like. Yeah. Doesn't it just blow away? But I don't know how pollution works, so. Mm-hmm. Well, I was struck, personally, since I think we're going, like, in order right here. Like, each person does one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I was struck by the fact that um, uh, London is a lot smaller than oh, I yeah. expected it. Oh, yeah. And right. it's a lot shorter. Uh, it reminded me a lot of St. Petersburg when yeah. I was there because there's, like, a, an ordinance in that city that you can't be yeah. over, like, a... Know, something oh, like short, six right, stories or something. Yeah, so the buildings themselves in yeah. London were short. It didn't seem like anything extended past mm-hmm. like we were yeah, four or five floors ish, yeah. something around there. And also, all the places that we went were like within pretty Walk, fair walking, walking distance. distance. Even if you Less wanted than to an go, hour. yeah, and even if you yeah. if you wanted to go for like a little, like you, yeah. you could have gone there in an hour. Yeah. I I don't consider that bad. Yeah, I don't consider no. that bad, actually. Like, I, I like to walk, too. For reference, we were in Soho yeah. and, like, the mm-hmm. downtown, like, metropolitan London area. Yeah, that's and, fair. I mean, yeah. we were near all the stuff yeah, near that most stuff. people want to go to, yeah. so. Exactly. I but, say that. Like, yeah, no, no, I agree. Yeah. But it is, yeah, pretty incredible how how many, like, sights to see mm-hmm. there are in, like, a mile radius. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, like, there's so many. I yeah. commented on it at the time, but like shows like Sherlock from BBC and things like that, they show these like dramatic shots of like famous places, like the Eye, which is the Ferris wheel or whatever. And then you go there and you're like, wow, that's like less than two steps away from like the Parliament, which is yeah. again less than like two steps <laughs> two away. Steps. Well, like within spinning know, distance, yeah. basically. Of, you can see them from across mm-hmm. each other, but like the shots of the shows make it look like they're like it's a big city, but. I agree with Jacob. It, it's. I mean, it probably is a big city. We just didn't. I mean, all the stuff that you care to see True. is like all True. in that area. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but maybe it, you know. I don't know. I'm again. I'm always struck at like the mm-hmm. uh, UK distances. Like mm-hmm. yes. currently, for example, we're into noon, and there's a town next to us called Kern, and it's maybe a ten minute walk away. It kind of. Depends. At this point, it, yeah. it's like a sub. Kern is like a suburb. But people will still. But, but old people still, will still make a point about it. And yes. Like, the distances. They're like a five-minute drive mm-hmm. apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's just. What? We're just used to like open spaces being from North America. Yeah. Just like, like oh, just I gotta go from this place to this place, and there'll be yeah. nothing in between. Yeah. It'll be like that takes <laughs> literally six hours. Yeah. But we'll okay here is like. Six hours could get you. Well, it did. There Down to Cornwall. Yeah. Like, <laughs> got us, like, four, five hours got us from London to Glasgow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like nothing. Too. Yeah. I totally um, agree with you, Jake. But it's like, it. I mean, it's it's got to me now. You just adapt, like... Mentally. Mentally. So mentally, I'm like, oh, Glasgow's so far away. You know? <laughs> right, I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah. it's like yeah. an hour and 15 minutes total, like, transport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, to some people, that's Public like, transport, not... Yeah. That's like their commute. Yeah. Know, yeah. Day work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I was struck by, to take up two slots here, um, was that London reminded me a lot of, oh, brace yourselves for it, New York. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Oh, I'm wait. comparing it to two of the cities that I've ever been in, St. Petersburg and New York. Wow. <laughs> wow. But Great New York's got so many, like, really, really tall buildings. Like, how, Yeah. So not what that parts, aspect. Yeah. The, the aspect that I think got to me is the fact that there are so many theater houses all over uh, the place. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, that just reminded me of being like in Broadway and seeing all the uh, the what you call it playbills. Right. What's what's the outdoor the facades? Um. Like I the, think they're playbills. What are the thing like the name and lights? Uh, yeah, the, name and lights. Signs. Signs. Yeah, I've seen all those I don't know, theater, theater signs. signs. There. Yeah, that is a really nice. Like even though mm. I really like that about. I feel like I'm on vacation walking downtown at like 10:30 when we got out of the theater and walking downtown. Well, not downtown, but like down that strip of all those theaters, and you see yeah. all the people outside. And it's just like, oh, those, all those people were mm -hmm. in watching plays. And yeah, even though I'm like, art, I'm like. Very artsy area. Yeah. Here, you know? Even Which though I, I kind of, they all look like they're yeah. like rich. But, I mean, but I'm just like, you know what? That's who goes to those Yeah, that's things. who goes that's to, who which is so, it, yeah. oh, it's un, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. But it's no, nice agree. to see. Uh, yeah, no, and, and I, I feel like for me, this is just my thing. But like being in China, uh there's very little opportunity for anything like That's that. So true, being right? in a place where you're like, you walk down a one block mm -hmm. and you see like two theater houses mm -hmm. and then there's another one in the, you know, yeah. just a block over. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, I, I really appreciated that. Mm. It's like, you have choice. Like I went yeah. to go see like, um, Shakespeare, like acted on a stage in China because it was the only thing that was there, and also I was really fascinated by it. Acted on a stage. I mean, as opposed to uh, live, live, you know, like recording. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Thing. Um, wow. But yeah, I mean, you don't really have a lot of options. It's kind of yeah. like go see that or mm -hmm. nothing. The school play, uh, which you know I, I do like. I do like going to see, but also appreciate going to see an actual like. Yeah, professional production like really yeah that's like they they know what they're doing yeah. they're yeah. like good at it sort of to oh it's such a such a good feeling well, to piggyback cool. onto the to your talking of like just the availability of it also uh, like the play that we went to see which we're going to talk about in a, in a little bit time or at least reference um had a lot of young people watching yeah like the the, the audience the people who are going to see it are not just old people because if I no. speak from like my personal experiences of plays, uh -huh. generally the audience is formed up of a, a particular type of people. People who either have nothing to do <laughs> that night and they're old and they want to go out and see something that isn't a movie. Right. You know, I'm, I'm speaking from like a Salzburg yep. perspective here. Right. Um, but it's nice to see like in a, a city like that, just people just like young yeah i mean people. we also went is, on it, a tuesday which i don't know if they do cheap yeah. tickets or something on yeah. tuesdays but and it was I mean, a still yeah and it was a certain play that would probably appeal to the younger like a yes. you know a bit more younger audience but still it was nice to see like i was like oh cool yeah. like this is something that's so part of the city fabric that you can just go there and see it yeah that's that awesome. was that's like that is what I love about cities. Yeah. Is they always, most of them. Will have some sort of. I think most, like, almost all of them have a big, mm. big, like, arts, I don't know, funding for the art. Not funding, but just like a big. There's an opportunity for it. Depends on yeah. the city, I It would does say. depend but, on yeah. the city. Yes, yeah. Buffalo greater, probably would. There's a greater, <laughs> ouch. Buffalo is a pretty good. I'm just being a jackass. Pretty good, just pretty good uh, Allen Fest. Is, Cleveland. Yeah. 
Now that place. Is <laughs> now, a, now place that place. place. No, but I, I, no, I'm just kidding. I love Cleveland. Like yeah. Uh, actually, actually Cleveland is not that bad. Like, he likes uh, everyone complains about it, but I guess that's because I'm from that area already. You also like I'm Philadelphia, so I like you know. Philadelphia. No counting for taste, right? <laughs> I like those Rust Belt towns, you know. Jeez. Yeah. They're what I'm used to. Anything else about London? That London itself. Um, I mean, also the. I think we talked about it at the time, but like the buildings themselves. Like, when you go to a European city, you do get struck with the idea of, like, oh, yeah, these buildings are old. Yeah. Or, like, the majority of the buildings that I'm looking at are, mm-hmm. have been yeah. lived in so long. It well, feels... The majority of the buildings we're looking at are as old as Canada is. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, as or old, older. since, like, yeah. Canada had been, yeah, yeah officially Founded. a country. Yeah. And, like, then you see them and you kind of get a sense of, like, the mm-hmm. the age and the scale. Like, going to Buckingham yeah. Palace, I'm like, this this is kind of small. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> this is a little bit, small. actually. This is kind of small. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, at the same, like, it's small, but at the same time, I'm like... Wow, it's big. It's big. No, I'm like, what the hell is the point of this? Exactly. Well, but that well, is, that's just to, my radical the, Scottish side coming to, out. Going to the National Museum. Well, yeah. You know, I was and like going to the yeah. going to the the, the Natural Museum. Natural going History to the, Museum. Yeah, I really yeah, like, like the Natural History Museum. Uh, like their like buildings the are beautiful. Building but like, so beautiful. So I kind of want to bring that up because, like, like you're saying, the buildings feel lived in and whatnot. But like on the flip side, that also comes with a history of colonialism and mm-hmm. imperialism totally. and we definitely yeah. talked about it a bunch like Alden and I went yeah. to the, the British History Museum and mm-hmm. I know you've been there too Julie and like we could spend hours talking there. about that and I think Alden I, I think so you let's would, do <laughs> well I think you, you kind of you felt pretty strongly about it I feel like yeah. you talk about it is the the fact that the Parthenon right is basically in the British yeah, Museum yeah yeah so like like you go into the the, the National Museum and it's a, it is a gorgeous building it itself, and we'll get to its design, is a very classically Greek design. You go in, there's this very strange dome structure. It's a huge open space. You go to the left, to the Sumerian, Egyptian, and Greek sort of area. And you walk in, and there's the Rosetta Stone, just sitting there. Which is sm- smaller than I expected. Uh, yeah. But also you have these, like, Egyptian statues of Ramesses, and, and Amohotep, and all these various other th- things. And uh, they're all decapitated heads, right? Yeah, most chiseled of them, yeah. off at the neck, where right. you can clearly or see no, no, yeah, no arms. One to... particular Egyptian yeah. statue has the head. Thank you. It's, I agree, Tilly. Has the head, but then yeah. Has also, shout out, yeah. shout out to our nearly silent co-host uh, Tilly. Uh, Julie's keeping our head. keeping our dog uh, fans uh, in locked in there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Alden. Though. Yeah. So you're so talking there's about this perverse this thing, yeah. uh, sort of scene where there's an Egyptian head that's been decapitated, placed on a pedestal, and then the information plaque shows the Egyptian like the statue body is still in Egypt, where the what? where the archaeologists, the Egyptologists, had left it behind if they took the head back to London and didn't be bothered to take the body with them because it was too heavy. Because it was the 1900s. I only do the important bits. Exactly. And then you go through that, and you see the Sumerian stuff, which is... I have a different feeling about that. But then you get to the Parthenon room, which is this vast, huge hallway with these towering gray walls, and the Parthenon objects are at the very bottom. They they maybe come up only about 10 feet, but the the whole room itself is massive and incredibly airy. And on either side, you have, like, the, the facades, and then you have the statues sort of laid out with them... And it feels like a prison when you walk in, 
because it's got these featureless gray walls that these objects. Yeah, I sit didn't in. like the. No, the presentation the, was very strange. Of any of it? Yeah, yeah it looks really it's sterile. Yeah. And then the sort of cherry on top. You're looking at these the, the things of the Parthenon. There's a stand right in the middle that says, "Why do we still have these objects?" Can, can I can I read to you from Please? the brochure? Yeah, that what's I the have? name of the brochure, by the way? I, I, I can't remember the exact name. It's like okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. read it for you. So I'm reading from the brochure that they have out here. And it's called the British Museum, the Parthenon Sculpture, uh, Sculptures. It says, The question of whether uh, the surviving sculpture from the Parthenon should be displayed has long been a subject of public discussion. This document provides key information for extending, understanding the complex history of the Parthenon and its sculpture. So then on the inside, we have some other things that say... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is the British Museum's position? Where is the surviving sculptures can be seen? Uh, what is the Parthenon? How did the sculptures come to London? And what has the gov Greek government asked for? So I'll start there. Uh, since the early 1980s, Greek governments have argued for the permanent removal to Athens of all of the Parthenon sculptures in the British Museum. The, British, the Greek government has also disputed the British Museum's trustees' legal title to the sculptures. So, one paragraph given to the Greeks. Just um, like, hey, we'd like it back. <laughs> right. In the 1980s. Uh, the, in terms of the history, uh, it was um, between 1801 and 1805, uh, about half of the original sculpture uh, was taken. <laughs> Acting with full knowledge and permission of the Ottoman authorities, removed about half of the remaining sculptures from the falling ruins and from the building itself. By this guy, Lord Elgin. Yes, I actually Elgin. know Lord Elgin. Elgin? Yeah. Elgin. It promoted the high regard of the European Enlightenment before uh, had a the regard that they had towards the ancient Greek civilization. Mm -hmm. uh, with a cherry on top, and I think this is the part that Alden really wants to get into, <laughs> is the what is the British Museum's position? Mm -hmm. So, their official position that they have in their brochure says... The British Museum tells the story of cultural achievement throughout the world. From the dawn of human history, over two million years ago, until present day. The museum is a unique resource uh, for the world. The breadth and depth of its collection allows the world's public to re-examine cultural identities and explore the connections between them. Within the context of this unparalleled collection, the Parthenon sculptures are an important representation of the culture of ancient Athens. Millions of visitors admire the beauty of the sculptures each year, free of charge. They also gain insights into how ancient Greece influenced and was influenced by other civilizations that it encountered. The Acropolis Museum allows the Parthenon sculptures that are in Athens to be appreciated against the backdrop of ancient Greek and Athenian history. This display does not alter the view of the trustees of the British Museum, that the sculptures are part of everyone's shared heritage, and transcend cultural boundaries. Right. The trustees remain convinced that the current division allows different and complementary stories to be told about the surviving sculptures, highlighting their significance or world culture and affirming the universal legacy of ancient Greece. More about blah, 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 blah. And then it just talks about where you can find more information. Right. So that's the part that really bothered me, uh, that specific phrasing of cultural boundaries. So earlier on in the paragraph, they're talking about how, like, it transcends culture, and it just it transcends these boundaries. But then they come back to the position of, like, if you want to see the stuff in Athens, you can, it's good there. Our collection is better, people come to see it, get fucked. 
Like, they don't really care. If they did care about these cultural, like, explanations or examinations or saying, like, we cross boundaries, send some British artifacts over to the Greeks. Yeah, let's have send, an exchange. Send, yeah. send, send, you know, the Lord yeah. Elgin's bones over there and say, this is the guy who fucked you over with the Parthenon. Yeah. And, like, maybe engage that. But they don't. They just sit there and they go, like, well, we just like these things because... And we like them because we took them all the way back, back two hundred <laughs> years ago, and uh, we're just gonna keep them, all right? Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing is like if they really wanted to come to grips with the yeah. evils that they did from colonialism and yeah. imperialism and all that, they would they, repatriate they, them. Well, yeah, <laughs> they, they could have at least a more interesting, compelling conversation for this because oh, totally. really the opposite side, the Greek government, yeah. they, like I said, gets one paragraph. Yeah, and their position is basically like, we'd like it back. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very, I think, fair position to take. Um, yeah, I mean... The one of the... Well, that brings yeah. up like a question, like, then who is responsible for yeah. culture and culture yeah. artifacts. Like, yeah. should it be the country, the that, government, the, 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 is the country, is the government the same as the country? Right. And like, that's is the government the same thing, as the right? culture. Yeah. You know. That's a weird thing. That's a tough thing. Like, I don't, cause like, I would say giving cultural artifacts to someplace like North Korea. Yeah. Would probably yeah. not be great. No, exactly. <laughs> and we saw what happened with China and the cultural revolution. I think that the British museum, for all my hatred, I dispute about them is is in a difficult position. Mm -hmm. They do have the artifacts because of colonialism. They do have, uh, I think, a responsibility to acknowledge that and somehow do something about it. I don't think what they did is acceptable or enough. They I really think didn't they, entertain any alternatives no, they, besides, yeah. you have yours, Bruce, we have ours. ours. Never yeah. show the twain meet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're fine. You can come visit us. Oh, really? I can just buy a plane ticket and fly to, to the UK and free stay of charge, free right? of... Oh, it's free of charge for the museum, but, you know, London prices and all that. Yeah. It's nice. Um, uh, I think it's a difficult position, but they could have handled it better. And the, the, the Egyptian room, and Julie can talk about this with well, the mummies. Like, but that's, the, because, that's, like, the tricky thing about it is because, like, if, if the British Museum, which is, like, well, or museums, I suppose, if they that. returned all of the items that they have to the countries that they came from yeah. then all you'd have left is British yeah like for the uh, for the sake of the example British stuff then uh, I don't know that's hard to say but it's a little different because like Greece <sighs> Greece actually asked for it back though yeah that is yeah that's very different um no yeah like well yeah I think it I yeah, get, it I is. It's very tricky, saying, though. Like, because like, if we well, only took it's like the I don't... culture that we had, we would only have British stuff. We don't have British yeah. Stuff. Which I mean, if you're a tourist, but like, so for the like locals or people that live mm. there, if you only have British stuff, then like museums are like the great thing about them is they can educate you about all sorts of different cultures. Yeah, and all different. You can learn a lot about other places in the world and like the history of those places but mm -hmm. i don't know it's tricky that like it would only be i guess a problem i think for like locals because yeah. you'd want the locals to learn about other well that... but at the same time we were tourists and when we went to london britain or yeah. london we went to the british museum mm -hmm. so if we were tourists went to the british museum that'd be fine if we looked at british stuff because yeah. like this is what 
this is where we well, are. Maybe that's where the trading that. comes in. That's the thing that the ticket was affected <coughs> trade. That sounds like the perfect solution. Well, I mean, but the British... to just like yeah. constantly have everything on loan kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. There, you yeah. can have you can have stable exhibits. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with displaying things that maybe like the Romano British stuff. That whole yeah. the halt was amazing, beautiful stuff. The Celt like drawing from your own natural history is fine. Mm-hmm. One of the best. I like exhi- that better actually. Yeah. The Queen, the Albert and Victoria yeah. one. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. That was way better. The than V&A, the, yeah. Yeah, V&A, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. We uh, her name goes first, even though it's yeah. alphabetical. No, it um, Sorry, but I, I was just looking up. You also, Unfortunately, I don't have Bing on my phone, so I couldn't I do a Bing search. That's okay. But uh, but you can do a Google search. Like how real human Googles. How the totem poles got the Kayung. Right. So yeah, there's Kayung totem poles. The totem poles in the British Museum. The ones in the British Museum like got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a little bit like. How did they get there? Well, on the website, on the collections section, it says, like, found slash acquired <laughs> by or from the Massic collection. So I clicked on that, and then it says, like, we're having problems with our collections website right now. So da, da, da. What's found the Found slash acquired. I know, right? Wow. Like, wow, how vague. From some Coast Salish people, eh? Yeah. But it says, in 1903, it was sold by Charles Fred- Frederick Newcomb to the British Museum, where since 2007, it's been in like the big main area, just just so for next to the cafe. So for 106 years, it's in <laughs> storage. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, eh, I guess we'll put it up. Yeah. Uh, we'll put up this weird looking <laughs> shit. Well, that's another thing too that like, I talked about a lot in but Canada and BC is, is totem poles because a lot of universities will put them up. A lot of places will put them like... And they won't be they won't be stealing them the Alaska First Nations group yeah. to maybe carve for them or something like that. Mm-hmm. And some people have argued that it's a cheap way of getting out of the whole we stole your land. Like they'll put the totem poles up as a recognition of yeah. the the Coast Salish land or whatever. But it's kind of a get out of jail free card because like look we did it, but we're not actually like doing yeah. anything about it. You Vic, for example, when I was doing my education degree. Uh, before every, like, before as a class started or there was, like, a lecture, the professors were very clear to say, like, we are acknowledging that we are on Coast yeah, Salish land. Right. And, like, I appreciate that gesture, but ultimately still not doing anything. I don't, I have, a so- I don't have a is. solution. For... I think that's a very, very broad statement. True, true, um, true. About the total pulse. But, yeah. like, uh, no, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I, I mean... I think, but, uh, I think totem poles just look cool. They oh, do. Totem poles are awesome. Totem poles, They're I have beautiful. a lot of totem poles. Um, yeah. But, you know, but it's like, but, you know, seeing them in, not outside, mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, Canada's guilty of this as well, like, seeing them, you know, in a white marbled room It seems like next to a cafe, yeah. I'm like, oh. Like, with overpriced biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I mean, they are, but they are, like, so beautiful. They're huge. Um, It is pretty ironic. It doesn't doesn't, doesn't fit with the overall, like, where I would expect to see one, you know? Mm. Just, like you say, this white marble. (laughs) Yeah. It's up here, and you're like, what? Um, Oh, at the same, oh, but at the same time. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is from Wikipedia, but... The totem pole was obtained by the museum in 1903 when the pole was about 50 years old. The craft of making totem poles, built as heraldic signs, but misinterpreted by missionaries, was at that point in decline. So, I could also see it as 
this probably happened. I don't actually know if it did, but um, people making totem poles to sell mm -hmm. to Europe because there's a market. That could be it too. Yeah. Yeah. Not actually like it's not stealing. A, yeah, I mean like that. That is part of it. They too. probably didn't get get as you know, much money as much money as they should have. But I mean, hey. Uh, and, like, I don't know, I just feel like sometimes museums, you've talked a lot about this, like, the craft of museum ship. Sure. Uh, sometimes they'll say, like, this is a sword, and I want to yeah. know more. Yeah, well, because, like, to, so I want you to compare, know the provenance, the... Yeah. You, the, you compare the, the British National Natural Museum to the... Um, National Museum. Yeah. Wait, right? Oh, see... The British Museum and the British... The National Museum? Oh, there's... No, sorry. I'm, Which I'm one's out. the natural history one? That's the one with the dinosaurs. Yeah, this, that's what it's called? The natural yes, history the museum? natural okay. history museum. You compare the Natural History Museum and you compare it to the British Museum. The natural History Museum is like, throughout the whole entire thing, definitely does have the the idea of education in mind because you like you yeah. look at the you look at the displays and it's all like, why, why do you think that dinosaurs look this way and they're trying to get people yeah, to, to think. They're, they're drawing out and they're they're it's it's they have interactive stuff and they have they have lots of things like that mm -hmm. british museum tried a little bit as if you look for it but a lot of it is like you say all the just like mm -hmm. here is a sword it doesn't yeah. really tell you the significance it's... of it and that's why the vna mm -hmm. um like they had that little dress-up station oh, and they had that little, that little kids corner that yeah. was just basically like hey look at this medieval art and yeah. like how would you draw no, like yeah a, if if you heard about yeah. a Camaro, what would you draw it like? Yeah. You know, because it's and it's like it's getting them to yeah, actually totally. interact with that, and that, as we know from education, mm -hmm. is always going to be more yeah. impactful for people. Information so. and avoid does not help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's that's what I'm thinking about the British Museum. It's a very that's, old fashioned museum. That's why I think yeah. like the Parthenon. I hate to sort of hammer this home again, but like even when you go in there, there's there's barely any indication of like stuff. Like the signs are tiny, yeah. and you have this huge thing. So the I would think that if you're I just mean, like if you're just a student or a person who doesn't fully understand the context of the Parthenon, or maybe doesn't understand what the Parthenon is, it gives you like zero things to go on. I mean, so it's just like I, big no, rock. I mean, I think they they did have thing because they talked about this one. Like we went one well, by one, and they said that it was like yeah. this is what uh, John Keats' right. the Grecian Urn yes, is all right. about. But I will say that it doesn't challenge you. It doesn't say why is this significant, yeah. other than the fact that we like the British Museum is like this is really cool, mm -hmm. and like it mm -hmm. doesn't really tell us like historically like what's the historical significance, cause yeah. and consequence, mm -hmm. ethical questions, whatever, blah blah blah. I haven't taught social studies in a really <laughs> long time, uh, but yeah. Hmm. No, I mean I I think of all the museums that we went to, we went to the natural. History Museum, the mm. British briefly Museum, the, yeah, and the VNA, and the VNA briefly. briefly. I yeah. actually like the VNA the most out of all of them. It's nice, but I well, think you just spent very little time there. But it appealed yeah. to a lot of my interests, which is medieval history. Yeah. yeah, Natural History Museum was awesome. Mm -hmm. No, I think that was probably the best yeah. put together. It seemed like the most, and there were a lot of yeah. people around too, like a lot of workers, a lot of stuff. It well, like it's still active. a, it's there is a whole like, a research, research station, center right? yeah. near it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's, oh, it's a cool place. Yeah. One last thing about the British Museum, though. Uh, mm -hmm. When Alden and I walked on our way out, uh, right outside was a uh, interesting China connection, but um, yeah. some a protest against uh, the killing of Falun Gong peaceful yeah. meditation. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, but the Chinese government 
it kidnaps these people who are not who are practicing like this form of Buddhism, yeah. and uh, uses them to uh, f- harvest their organs, yeah. which is a it's really horrific. creepy, gross it's thing. Um, it's like actually like if 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 you want to talk about what China does as like human rights abuses, this is by far and away like the worst. I think personally, for me, the worst thing. I mean, Wiggers are pretty yeah, bad. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of. There's a lot of I, I think it's hard to say when yeah, you say the no, worst, yeah. but Fal- yeah. Falun Gong. One of. Yeah, Falun, one of, yes, Falun Gong was a is a peaceful Buddhist tradition based off Buddhism mm-hmm. uh, that started in the I think the 70s or 80s, and by the mid 90s it had around 150 yeah. million practitioners plus. The government, having just come from the Tiananmen Square debacle of 1989 and then opening up, freaked the fuck out about yeah. the idea of people not following them blindly and having a large amount of numbers. Never mind the fact that the Falun Gong are literally just people who say, like, hey, do a bit of We're this like practice, yeah, martial arts and Tai Chi yeah. and just live a good life and be peaceful. Yeah. They're not demonstrating to tear down the government. They're not doing anything that you could even conceive what? as, like, yeah, it's yeah, fucked up. It's pretty bad. Then, in the year 2000, in Tiananmen Square, there was an incident where six Falun Gong practitioners set themselves on fire. However, they are most likely to have been set up by the Chinese government to basically make people scared of Falun make, Gong. Yeah. They ban it. Man, but they... They ban it. They arrest people. And now, in China, one of the most populated places in the world... You get organ transplants faster than any other country in the world. Not even by like a factor of like, oh, you know, a couple months, but on the order of like, say you're in Canada and mm-hmm. you need a liver transplant. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to wait for an acceptable donor mm-hmm. upwards of a year more. Mm-hmm. China, it's like, oh yeah, we can get that tomorrow. If you need an eye transplant, they'll ask you like, what color do you want? Like they just get stuff because mm-hmm. they just go to the prisoners and they go, Oh, cool! We're just gonna take out your liver today, and you're gonna die, or like, mm. or take out a kidney, or whatever, or your lung. And the mm. great thing about Falun Gong is they don't smoke, they don't drink, they're healthy, they exercise a lot, so yeah. the organs are like oh, generally man. of good quality. Ugh. Ugh. So it's it's disgusting. Like, and the you can actually see the jump between when they uh, started arresting people for Falun Gong and tra- organ transplants. Like the arrests of Falun Gong increase, and then the. Um, yeah, the, the actual number of transplants increased proportional to the number of people being uh, arrested. Oh, God. It's disgusting. Mm. It's, it's vile so, and reprehensible. And so, yeah, very cool to see protesters outside. Yeah. Well, and all them and I were thinking, like, uh, basically, like, there's nothing like this in China, obviously, no. because maybe the Chinese government... <laughs> Be black bag super is super protective of anything like that. So, but there were so many Chinese tourists that were there. There was one taking. There was a one taking a picture of it. As we walked outside, there was a woman. I I, I would assume she was mainland mainland Chinese taking a photo. Who knows? Who knows really? But like basically thinking about even if she was or wasn't. But there, you know, China is a huge tourist nation now, and a lot of them love. Love the UK, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and so they go there, and the British Museum is one of the most famous things. So yeah, it makes sense that this lady would be setting up her protest thing outside right of that. There. Yeah. Just thinking about like these people. This is probably the first time they've ever like <coughs> maybe seen it and seen mm-hmm. it that blatantly out. I guess because mm-hmm. they had they had we have these brochures, but they have them in Chinese too. So like mm-hmm. if like a Chinese tourist like picked one up too, they would be able to understand what it's saying. So well, I actually uh, saw yeah. them protesting. Last time I was in London, really in Chinatown, 
Uh-huh. Yeah, like just outside yeah. of, like down the main road. Um, and they had like, yeah, massive banner, with a yeah. bunch of information. And there were about four people sitting and meditating. And mm-hmm. then, which I thought they were just like praying for the, just showing their diligence to yeah. the cause. But now I know it's because of Falun Gong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Well, on on the on the yeah on a much lighter protest note, Hmm. when I was on the tube, I saw this. I think I presume mainland Chinese woman. um, Oh yeah. With a tote bag that said "Marry me for Chinese citizenship." That's great. That's great. (laughs) I was like, ah, what a nice little (laughs) way to be like f you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a good that's a good one. I know, and I was like, yeah. I want that, but it just wouldn't land if I, you know. No, no, I, I don't think it would. Do you think it would land if I had a bag that said "Marry me for Chinese citizenship"? I think you'd pull it off in a weird hipster uh, way. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, but an ironic detach or yeah. ironic detach. No, that unironic ironic detachment. ironic 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 detachment. But that's getting uh, like old now. That, mm. Like the trend. So now it's I think the trend ironic, of ironic, like ironic detachment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weird. Well, that was London. When we return, Scotland. Scotland. <laughs> In it. you and uh i'm not gonna be presumptuous and say that you missed me but uh if you did you know that makes me feel nice we got an 8-bit remix of london calling today which i thought was kind of funny found it on youtube silly little song really what more can you say about london uh it's a lot smaller than it seems on the big screen which is not true at all. I guess really just the touristy places are really close to each other, which I guess is what you would expect. But one of the things that I was struck by was the fact that uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, the uh, one that came out pretty recently, there's a scene where Tom Cruise is running across rooftops to save the day because, of course, he's running because that's something that Tom Cruise thinks that he looks great doing. And, you know, he's right, actually. He does look really cool. Regardless, he's running over these rooftops and he's running to get to um, the Tate Art Museum. And every time that somebody says Tate, I think they're saying a different word. And I really think they should change their name to something else. Brexit vote is coming up soon by the time this episode will drop, uh, which is interesting. We had a whole entire discussion about Brexit that uh, may or may not be dropping later. Who knows? But one of the big things is that it really was on the minds of everyone who was there when we were uh, we were in London and we were in Scotland and when I went to Ireland as well. 
before Trump got elected, I really thought that that would be the big defining event of 2016. Uh, it, funny thing that we were talking about, we were talking about protest um, at the end there. And one of the protests that we did see was this interesting just scene of uh, anti-Brexit and pro-Brexit people protesting uh, for differing causes, of course, but in the same space. It was like the only space that they were allowed to protest outside of Parliament. So it was just interesting seeing the signs like right next to each other. People who are diametrically opposed who are kind of like forced to uh, stand next to each other while they say their side, their position. It was just a funny looking scene, you know. Coming up next, we got some discussion about Scotland, the other part of the UK. Scotland. Mm-hmm. I. I. So what? Uh, what do you know before you came to Scotland? Mm-hmm. I know you haven't really like seen much of the people, I suppose. But what were your? What did you know of Scotland before you came? Uh, is this to, for both of us or for Jacob? For both. Yeah. Jacob wasn't just for me. <laughs> well, I uh, feel like as sure. a Canadian, I'd be more naturally inclined to know things about Scotland and of the esteemed McQueen family. Well. Don't tell me everything. But are there? Were there? Do you have any expectations of Scotland? Fried food. Other than it's supposed to be raining all the time. Um, I don't know. A lot of it comes down to weather. Yeah. One of the biggest, uh, one of the stories that somebody told me is he lived in Scotland for a while and he lived with like this family and there was this old grandpa, and they would be like, it would be like raining all the time. And, uh, like, just, just cats and dogs. And the grandpa would, like, look out in the morning and be like, It's brightening, lads! It's brightening! And it would be, like, <laughs> like all the way down. But, like, but, like, in comparison, yeah, it was better than yesterday, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, a lot of it is that. I expected everyone to have beards and bagpipes and Oh, uh, yeah, right. No, I actually didn't. Uh, I don't well, know, I expected, uh, house. what did I expect? How is the Bucky? Uh, the Bucky, which is Buckfast, vile, terrible, and yeah. a cruel no, punishment man. to man. Yet you stole some of Julie's after you finished yours. Yeah. I just felt like <laughs> I just felt like I needed to play catch up. That's his like genealogy. I haven't even finished my first <laughs> Scottish alcohol problem. You like loop the last little bit. Well, yeah, because I needed to get it over with. All right, sure. Um, Bucky is really uh, mentioned last time Julie you, was around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really popular, right? Here, mm-hmm. um, like it's just well known. Mm. It's not necessarily popular because quite a lot of your well, the biased, response. I mean, huh? The response will either be, "Oh, have you, like have you tried Bucky? Like, yeah, you gotta mm. try Bucky. It's mm. uh, like you gotta try it. Yeah, mm-hmm. or it'll be like, oh God, don't well, don't do it. Like, it's, don't. It's very sweet." 
Yes. Um, it's very, very sweet. It's oily. You say oily? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Feels like it's uh, coating my mouth. What? It's it's like so. It's got caffeine in it. It does. Yeah. It's got, I think, what is it? Twelve percent alcohol. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like the wine. It's tonic wine. Mm-hmm. Tonic wine. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. And a high caffeine content. Uh. Thirty milligrams per hundred milliliter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, and it's prune-like. And flavor yes. for me. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to know if it was yay or nay. Mm-hmm. For me, um, it's a nay. Um, mm-hmm. But a nay of regret, I think. I wanted to like. It. I wanted to like it more than I thought I would. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. If man. somebody it was is offering, disgusting. yeah. If somebody's offering, I'd definitely drink it. As a poor myself. Well, it'll it'll like particular for this particular night where the Super Bowl doesn't start till eleven. You need, 45. you need all the caffeine. Yeah, I need a little bit for me to make it like through the first quarter. Even halfway. Yeah. <laughs> the even barely halfway. Even, yeah. even to the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, so, Buckfast. Uh, yeah. So, that's one thing. So that, well, so Danoon in general uh, is in Scotland. Danoon is in Scotland. <laughs> well, so, so yeah, so we, we, we traveled from London, five hour. Train, like you love said. to the train. Yeah, love was train. that was that maybe like going to your It's exactly maps? what I expected, and I loved every minute of it. It was pretty. It was pretty quiet actually. The yeah. train, there weren't that many people. Yeah. There. Very few people. Yeah, we had yeah. we had a lovely time traveling through England, rolling green hills, exactly mm-hmm. what I would imagine. And then then we got into some mountains, and it yeah. actually got pretty snowy, oh, which yes. was pretty nice. Oh, so nice. It was really beautiful. Yeah, and then then going into Glasgow, which yeah. uh, just got to see the train station. But yeah. uh, and then it was a nice train station, Canoon. big warehouse, big warehouse style. Again, big warehouse style. There's something about that. Something about that, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but um, well. But yeah, and then a ferry ride over to to Danoon after that, which yeah. is a peninsula, not an island. Folks, that's true. It's yeah. not a. It's not. We, it's, it's just really inconvenient to go around the peninsula. <laughs> yes. So they made a ferry, which yeah. I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. we went from Gurik, 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 Gurik. Sorry, well done. yeah, and uh, traveled on a nice little clipper, twenty minutes. Yeah, tiny. Oh. T- I shouldn't say tiny town, small town. It's pretty small. Yeah, it's got like right on the Clyde, the Firth of Clyde. Mm-hmm. Got a. But it's got a little movie theater, two grocery stores. We were thinking, I like, we were thinking I like the, the cinema. I like the seventh of, second of Clyde better. <laughs> oh, but we do tell jokes. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, in terms of Scotland, um, well, it's beautiful. Like yeah, it's beautiful. I, I love. Like like you walk out, you you look out basically, yeah. and you see these. I guess they technically be hills because they're not big enough to be mm. mountains, right? They call them mountains, and I just kind of go along with it, even though I'm like, mm. they're more like hills. That's a baby mountain. Yeah, it's like not quite graduated, but yeah, it's like the it's like the sides of the mountains at Salt Spring, which are not mountains. Um, but then uh, that made me. I think <laughs> pretentious snobs when it comes to mountains. I think, I think. Look, if you grew up in British Columbia, you would know what mountains. Are. If you grew up in British Columbia, if you, you if you live up in the heart of the not if only you, if you're a redneck, Rockies, if you know you're British Columbian wind. <laughs> you just uh, no. If you grow up in between the Rockies and the Cascade Mountains, you know mountains. Let's just put it that way, right, Julie? 
Yeah. Uh, oh, well, no. I wait. Yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> Boom. But no, that did make me wonder why, how do you, what's the difference? Like, I thought maybe a mountain was like a thousand meters or something. Good question. Mountain versus hill. It is a beautiful place. The latest yeah. Netflix movie. It yeah. really does. It reminds me of the West Coast for me personally yeah. because it's gray. No, I definitely see it. It's that. got beautiful skies, but then it's also gray and rainy. You can have sort of a mixture of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, according to the U.S. Geological Survey, U.S., what do they know? <laughs> there is no official difference between hills and mountains. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. So we can call them mountains if we want. The, U- yeah. the United Kingdom and the United States used to define hills as summits less than a thousand feet. Hmm. But now they just, they're like, Pluto isn't a planet, so hills can be whatever hills you want. Hills can be mountains. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's really beautiful. You uh, were across from a golf course or a defunct golf course. Now uh, defunct, very uh, recently defunct. Very yeah. recently defunct. But you but can like, still you go can there and golf. Walk across. You just don't have to pay. I don't know. It's it's just a really you can see so much from there, mm-hmm. and then like even seeing like oh my god, look at that that hill over there. You can see even more, um, and then just down by the beach uh, is really nice. I mean, it's it's, it's craggy really rocky, and rocky yeah. type beach, Craig. but uh, I mean, I don't know what else <laughs> you'd be expecting in Scotland, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, really, like the nature, just living in and amongst it kind of it's not too far away i can appreciate that yeah even being a suburban boy as myself there's the beautiful sort of trees and you have the mists rising off the sea yeah it's very fresh air mm-hmm. bracingly cold which i like yeah, yeah it's, it's beautiful it's gorgeous yeah some upcoming stuff too is definitely like um i'm looking forward to seeing rugby uh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, going out and seeing maybe what some of the some of the other historical stuff around here too, because I know there's like standing stones and uh, some old castles and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, which I know is not that impressive to people who live here. They're like, oh, fuck, another castle. But to me, I, oh. I I think yeah, it's yeah. really cool. So, yeah, just like this is a stone. This is just a random stone. Old like, ass yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why would you want to go see this? And like, well, I don't know. Well, and kilts, this is it? like something I didn't know, which is terrible of me. Mm-hmm. I went to see Mary Queen of Scots, and only afterwards uh, did my friend and historian in a uh-huh. in a human. Sorry, Alden and Jacob, you're not quite there yet. You'll get what there. What would you say? A historian, like a oh, like a natural historian. A history book in a human is basically right, what I, I mean. Yeah. Um, it's okay, I don't really. A know historian in a human. Yeah, it's the Bucky man. Um, Bucky made me do it. He was telling me that that like kilts and tartan aren't actually and shortbread. Uh, I don't know about bagpipes, but those two things, which are like staples mm-hmm. of the Scottish people, mm-hmm. were actually like force-fed down their throats by the English. Mm-hmm. I I had no idea. Yeah. I thought like mm-hmm. all this time I've been like, ooh, what's my What's my tartan colors? Yeah. I want to be a proud Scottish lassie. Uh, Represent so, my ancestors properly. Well, I can jump so on all the... You, you, you looked up some of the stuff? Yeah, I can do... I can, I've looked up... Are we having a real human bing search? Maybe? Perhaps it is a real human bing, bing. search. Oh, nice. <laughs>
Let's go with tartans because we were oh, just yeah. talking about that. Perfect. Okay, so tartan is a pattern. I'm just taking this from the information I've culled from the internet. So a variety of sources, uh, Wikipedia, a few others I've Googled, or binged, should I say. Um, Very different things. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, a crisscross pattern of horizontal and vertical bands. People uh, would, if you're an American or North American, plaid is yeah. tartan. It's the same thing. Yeah. You could just describe it as that. Plumberjacks. <laughs> thank you. Um, the warp and weft of the colored pre-dyed threads are at right angles to each other, and that's actually what makes tartan. When tartan was first being developed and worn, it was not colored. It mm. had no colors. It, it was just implied the textile itself. It did not imply right. a certain pattern. Uh, it, huh. The word tartan comes from the French tartarin, which means tatar cloth, but it could also be taken from the Scottish Gaelic tarsain. Tatar, tartar, tatar, tatar. Tartar? Tartar. Tartar, sorry. Tartar. Isn't tartar like. I thought that was like. It is a Turkic speaking group of people from Russia. Okay. That's. So. Okay, that's how I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Up until the 1830s, tartan was described as simply plain color without pattern. It didn't mean, again, a specific color and pattern. It just meant the way you do it. Now, of course, it means the pattern. The way it's woven. Yeah. Okay. So then. Does is is it part of Scotland's history? So today, tartan is mostly associated with Scotland. That is true, but evidence all over the world indicates that tartan, as in a fabric of interwoven right, right angle things, found all over places: Scandinavia, China, Austria, uh, China. yeah, like Central Europe, uh, <laughs> all sorts of uh, Rome. So then uh, tartar right. makes sense. Yeah. The tartar yeah, people, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, Romans, for example, used it. Sure. Um, the tartan we it's know of as like looking thing. It is. Why yeah. wouldn't they use yeah. it, right? The the earliest image of Scottish people wearing it comes from 1631 in a woodcut. Whoa. Wow. And That's really there's no evidence. Yeah, there's no evidence to suggest that it existed inside Scotland before the 16th wow. century. Man. Jesus. Yeah. Bef- well, so there's Take no Take that, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. Well, I yeah. Even, yeah, until, even until the early 18th century, there was no kind of uniformity in tartan. Basically, you just wore whatever it was. The biggest thing that you could find was in Martin Martin's A Description of the Western Islands of Scotland, published in 1703, that Scottish tartans were used to distinguish inhabitants of different regions, but not yeah. necessarily clans. It would just right. simply be like, oh, he's wearing the stuff that they make in Argyle. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have, like, yeah. when they say Argyle socks, they yeah. really mean, like... the pattern. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's really... So like, patterns were loosely associated with certain areas, though, though for Highlanders, which are Scottish people who come from the Highlands, these are the mountainous northern parts of Scotland, um, it was usual for them to wear a number of different tartans at the same time. Um, Ooh, where am I from? Yeah. Where am I from? <laughs> <laughs> On Tuesday, I'm going to be from... <laughs> uh, so one of the problems with... T- with, and we sort of see the, the switch between tartan just being a thing to like an actual like codified set of, oh, I've got my tartan colors, I've got my, my special things, yeah. uh, it comes from the rebellions of the uh, Scottish Jacobites against the English uh, in the 1700s. So, um, basically, there was a battle between the McDonald's, uh, the Battle of Kilcranky, and uh, various <laughs> other... <laughs> Kilcranky. Oh, man. Um, oh, 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 oh. What's wrong um, with him? He's, he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. He's a bit Kilcranky today. 
he's gonna kill you and he's cranky. Hey, he's gonna kill you and he's cranky. It's kill to cranky, cranky. <laughs> coming this summer. I'd watch it. Rob, Rob Schneider. <laughs> Rob Schneider. So, yeah. so in 1746, in an effort to pacify the Highlands, because of course they're not happy about being underneath the English. Sure. Um, they banned tartans. However, Wait. this is yeah. Oh. But only specifically in Highland dress. So if you're from the Highlands and you're wearing tartan, it's banned because it was so associated with people being against English rule. Radical. Oh, Radical okay. Jacobites and so on. I gotcha. 1782, it's repealed. So it doesn't last for very long because they quickly realized that's stupid. Tartan is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however, in 1822, George IV visits Edinburgh. He's the first reigning monarch of England to visit Scotland in 171 years. So, yeah. Like, man, it's yeah. nice up here. Jesus. The festivities surrounded uh, were originated from Sir Walter Scott, who founded the Celtic Society of Edinburgh in 1820, and they urged Scots to attend the festivities all played and plumed in their tartan array. So they came all dressed up sort of in tartan colors, and then because the royal visit coincided with an English interest in the Scottish tartan things, there was more interest in the sort of romantic side of the Scots. 12, 20 years after her uncle's visit, Queen Victoria and her husband, Prince Albert, made their first trip to the Scottish Highlands, and they purchase Balmoral Castle. And they ask to be given sort of a tartan color for the um, like royal family, because right. they're interested in like the Scots. It's almost like a fashion thing. And mm. basically... <laughs> The idea of clan tartans and stuff come from this time. It's sort of an invented tradition because they needed some way to signify, oh, I'm a noble, and they would ask, like, the clan leader, what's your tartan? And he would just say, like, yeah. uh, this thing I'm wearing, I guess, because that's what I wear every day. And then they said, right, okay, that's your clan tartan. We're going to put it away, and we're going to sell it as the McDonald's mm. blah, blah, blah clan tartan, or yeah. this is going to be the Queen's tartan. Which, so, which when... Yeah. When... If and when you go to Edinburgh, um, and, pro and probably some places in Glasgow too, but I just remember it from Edinburgh. If you go into the souvenir shops, it's like scarves of yeah. all these different types sure. of tartan associated with the name. Actually, so, yeah. So it's literally for like tourists. Basically. Like it started well, with tourists. Yeah, I guess Because so. I mean like yeah. the Queen King... Like the queen, yeah. she's yeah. basically a tourist coming there. So I'll give I'll read you the original <laughs> yeah. passage here. Eighth uh, of April, eighteen fifteen, the Highland Society of London resolved that all clan chiefs each be respectfully solicited to furnish the society. So again, London here solicited with as much tartan of his lordship's clan as will show to the pattern and authenticate the same by attaching there onto a card bearing the impression. So they wanted to bait the the society in London for Scotland said, "Hey, we want your clan tartan," and the the clans in Scotland are like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> so then, for example, some great yeah. many had no idea what their tartan might be. We're keen yeah. to comply and provide the authentic signed and sealed documents. Yeah. Alexander MacDonald, a second baron of uh, Sleet, was so far removed from his Highland heritage that he wrote the society, being really ignorant of what is exactly the MacDonald tartan, I request that you will have the goodness to exert every means in your power to obtain a perfectly genuine pattern. Such as will warrant me in authenticating in my house. Basically, like, find me one. And then I'll be able to help <laughs> Tell, you. Yeah, yeah. Make me one up that looks authentic, and I'll agree to it. So, now, of course, it's very important. They have many official tartans. The recognition of clan chiefs requires it. But really, it came about because the king, George IV, 
came to Scotland for the first time and became interested in Scotland, as did Queen Victoria and Albert, as a place to go for holidays. And the London Society followed suit by saying, oh, how interesting, how quaint. They must have some reason to wear tartan in that color. So it's, okay. it's really just... So, yeah. Because I've, yeah. I've walked into stores before that are, like, Scottish-themed, and they have, like, the all the clans and everything. And yeah. the little Scotty yeah. dogs with yeah, yeah. the scarves. And yeah. So, yeah. man, yeah, it's, it's, so it all, is, it's... all for... Hmm. Um, well, it's a tourism business that had lasted like five hundred years. And That's to be, did was it a way? Fair, of, was fair. it a way of controlling them? Not uh, particularly. It was kind of just a weird tourist grab. Is it? But at the same time, they are like, like, the clans of the Scottish people sort of remind me of like, the, um, like First Nation groups right. in Canada. They're classifying them. Yeah. Yeah, it's like trying to, I don't know, sort of make it obvious what their differences, like Mm -hmm. how to differentiate them. So let's just give them different colored fabric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does sound very colonial too, again, to to link back all the way to the other Totally. Yeah. Just be like, hey, you're going to be this group now. (laughs) What? Okay. I guess. Since you said so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's tartan. That's tartan. So what about Um, kilts though? Kilts. Okay, very good. Kilts stretch back to at least the end of the 16th century. Notice oh, a similar God. Yeah, there's a similarity. Wow, yeah. really? Wow. Yeah. The kilt first appeared as See, a belt. See, now that makes sense because Scotland is cold. So, like, no. Why would you wear a why would, ball on it? Why would men wear, yeah, a uh, kilt with nothing underneath mm. and, like, maybe just socks? Because they're manly. Throughout, like, uh, in fucking Scottish winters, man. So the, yeah. the, With no, like, indoor heating? Like, well, or, like... Yeah. Like, so, no shit. <laughs> so yeah. the first kilt that appeared in, this, yeah. at the, in the 16th century was the Great Kilt, which is a full-length garment where the upper half is actually a cloak that you'd wear. Yeah. And then the longer half would go that down and you'd have a belt. Is that... Would sort of, to oh, tuck it I'm, in. I'm thinking... Um, yeah, that makes way more yeah. sense. Obelix? Does Obelix wear something like that? Where it yeah, looks like maybe. he's got a yeah, but, skirt like, up to yeah, here? Yeah, but it's... No, but it's like... But it's over your shoulder. Over your shoulder. You yeah. could pull up as a cloak. Oh, you could tuck so it's it. kind of it's like... A, yeah, it's almost like a toga. Before, yeah. It's like a full yeah. thing. But it's like big. Yeah, it's yeah. big. Sure. Then the small kilt, or the walking kilt, basically the modern kilt, was late 18th or early 18th century. Late 17th, wow. early 18th. And essentially what? just the bottom of the great kilt. Yeah. Um, the word kilt comes from the Scots word kilt, which means to <laughs> tuck. What do you call this? Kilt. <laughs> oh, fascinating. How exotic. Because Am the I last guy that? who asked me what it name was, I killed him. <laughs> um, <laughs> made fun. No, wait. Fuck. Let me take it back. The last guy who made fun of me for wearing this, I killed him. Oh, is, this That's is, uh, right. was this k- Killin' Cranky? Or, <laughs> yeah, uh, don't work. Don't talk to him. He's killing cranky. <laughs> whatever, whatever it was, I can't remember. Shouldn't be cranky killing. Cranky killing. Don't yeah. say that. Don't say that. He's gonna that's kill his, that's you. His, that's his brother. He's gonna kill you. Yeah. Um, so the word kilt means to tuck up the clothes around the body, which mm-hmm. comes from a Scandinavian word kelta, which means to fold a gathered skirt or to fold something huh. basically, hmm. which is a Scandinavian word, a huh. nice, an ordinal word. Weird. So yeah. it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. So what what happened was the great kilt, we think, evolved from basically a larger brat or woolen cloak, also made of tartan or plaid, um, and would depend on the wealth. The larger, the more luxurious, you're the chief. The shorter, 
or maybe so less available. Does does that like so? How did the kilt come to to like? How did the kilt well come come to Scotland? I guess you explain that. But yeah. how did it come to be so weird? Um, Wrapped up in a national identity. Hey, hey. We'll get there. So pun somewhat intended. We'll we'll get there. So basically, yes, what, <laughs> definitely intended. So the great kilt would eventually reach seven yards, six point four meters in length. Thanks for that. I That's needed a the huge, huge thing of fabric. Basically, seven because yards of, is almost enough for a first down. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, it's massive. Yeah, and because of the availability of of. Um, well, um, why this became such a symbol for it was because of the uh, Jacobite risings. Again, we're coming back to those nice. re- resistances against King George uh, II and, and all sorts of other things. Um, the kilt itself was just something that was practical to wear. Because like, hey, it's cold. Wearing a huge thing of wool around you is really, really helpful if it's a cold Scottish yes. thing. Um I can talk more about the small kilt, but you were asked questions specifically about uh, why it became such a symbol. So we're going to just jump ahead a little bit here. Um, because of the Jacobites' rise and the idea of the Highlanders wearing against it, they wore it because they're in the Highlands, and the Highlanders were fighting against the English and the Jacobites, so they became romanticized as these last mm. primitive peoples of Scotland fighting against the English. Mm-hmm. They're noble, they're brave, but ultimately doomed. It becomes the sort of romantic nostalgia. The kilt, mm-hmm. along with other features, has become identified. And now that it's in the 18th century, it ceased to become a danger because they were defeated. It's now romantic. Oh, those noble Scottish yeah. who fought against us, mm. ultimately doomed, but very brave people. Noble. Yeah, noble. Damned, they look good while they did it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, because of the ban being Damn lifted straight, huh? in 1782, which we talked about earlier about the tartan ban, it also applied to kilts because there was just pretty much right. everything, Highland so, dress. Uh, um, they set about creating Highland landowners, Highland societies, with improving these areas uh, for the general use of ancient Highland dress. But, <laughs> yeah, it's 16th century at best. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, the pageantry <laughs> of King George IV arrival in Scotland Again. in 1822, yeah. even though nine out of ten I'm Scots at the time lived in the Lowlands, all dressed in Highland dress when he arrived. Oh, yeah. And so he oh. also, it's a feedback. So, like, they yeah, dressed him all up. These, yeah. Yeah. All these people, what do they have? Oh, I want one of yeah. those. <laughs> exactly. Dude, there, get me, get me yeah. one of their yeah. skirts. So here, here it is. The, after, <laughs> after that point, the kilts gathered momentum as an emblem of Scottish culture, as identified by antiquarians, romantics, and others who spent much effort praising the ancient and natural qualities of the kilt, King George IV appeared wearing a spectacular kilt, and his successor, Queen Victoria, dressed her boys in the kilt, not widening its appeal, and it the same became super embedded into it. Also attached to this is the fact that the companies of Highlanders used in the governmental troops, the English troops, mm. the, the Black Guard and the various yes. other Scottish regiments that fight for the fight for the English at the time, but then eventually the United Kingdom as a greater whole, the war kilts as yes. a symbol of being different than the English. So, feedback loop again continues here. I should I should try and get Hugh to sit down and talk to you guys as well, because he was in the army and he was in the army before when there were quite a few different regiments within yeah. Scotland. Who all wore different colors, kilts, or different designs of kilts, okay. and also did different things. But now it's all, like, it's all one, they're all together, they're all one yeah. color thingy. But he'll, he, 
I remember him telling me about that mm-hmm. and how, yeah, they all, mm-hmm. even though they were in the army, they, yeah, had. Like it was this, a way of differentiating. Yeah. It was a way of se- separating and saying these people are from this place or this place. Um, yeah. So that's the kilts mm-hmm. tied into that tartan thing. So then I'm guessing like Highland dancing must also be in there too. Like You can check that out. Well, um, shortbread first though. Okay. So now a short little aside for something that we all love and enjoy. Shortbread. What is it? And where does it come from? All in your grown man. Thank you. <laughs> Attached to it, it's a traditional uh, shortbread, for those who may not know, is a traditional Scottish biscuit. I know what it is. but I Made just of one to... part white sugar, two parts butter, and three parts oat flour. The shortbread originated within Scotland. No, I... oh, okay. And with yeah. its pers- the first printed recipe, can we guess which century? The same as all printed? the other ones. Yeah, 1736th, 16th. early 18th century, yeah. by a Scotswoman named Mrs. McClintock. Seems like this type... McClintock. This year, yeah, this around this so time, like, we got a lot of, like, nationalism of, like, hey, yeah. Scotland, you know, mm-hmm. we're losing all this stuff, so it's we like gotta a like, reaction to yeah, being, like, we're we being taken over. make sure that we're not mm-hmm. gonna, yeah. Hmm. Um, short Even though bread. we lost the war, we're not going to lose our. Ide- they can take. They can take our national identity that we're going to make up right now. Yeah. Uh, shortbread has been described by various Scottish chefs. One John Quigley of the Glasgow's Red Onion. One John Quigley. As just the jewel in the crown of Scottish baking. Shortbread itself resulted from medieval biscuit bread, which was twice baked, enriched bread rolls, dusted in sugar and spices, and then given something mm. basically like, hey, we've got this grain, let's make it into a hard bread and make it a little bit tastier with sugar, because it's going to taste gross by itself. <laughs> but it's winter. Uh, and we it also need... doesn't use yeast. It uses butter, which was mm-hmm. much more a staple in Britain and Ireland. Mm. Although shortbread was prepared for much of the 12th century onwards in areas not only in Scotland but in northern England... The refinement of shortbread is credited to Mary, Queen of Scots, in the 16th century. What? Yes. Wow. This type of shortbread was baked, cut in triangular wedges, and flavored with caraway seeds. However, it was a expensive uh, hmm. process because it used so much butter and sugar and reserved for luxury occasions such as hmm. Christmas, Hogmanay, and weddings. So, uh, and in the Shetlands, it's still traditional to break a decorated shortbread cake over the head of a new bride on the entrance to her new house. Oh, so this so shortbread actually is just Scottish. Like yeah, it's it not is, really. Well, see, it's not really England. Tartan. And, I would argue that tartans and kilts are also Scottish. It's just the like extremeness <coughs> was heightened by England yeah. taking over. I mean, like, you feel like you're gonna lose yourself to this outside power. That yeah. you're gonna cling to these things that. Yeah. Maybe weren't so Super, special before, yeah. but are now because you actually have, yeah. like, you have an outside force to rebel. Mm-hmm. Like, to mm-hmm. before, who would care? Yeah. But when you have somebody else trying to come in and enforce their way, then yeah, then you yeah. care. Um, the it, mm-hmm. like they wore kilts and they wore tartan before the English showed up. It's just it wasn't important. It, like exactly, it, it wasn't yeah, important. Right. Shortbread, it's not going to be damaged by somebody taking over you. You're still going to make shortbread, <laughs> like. <laughs> You're not yeah. gonna be like, oh, damn, and it's also well. They didn't ban baking short shortbread, did they? <laughs> no, they did not ban okay. baking shortbread. No sweets. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, oh this fuck. Is like secret, secret, secret bakeries. You know, mm-hmm. like a speakeasy, but a bakery, and they got shortbread. Mm-hmm. How big is your? How tall is your bread? 
They gotta go around with a measuring stick and they're like, mm-hmm. too short! And then they behead the guy. Mm-hmm. That's my view of Scottish history. <laughs> Do you want to hear about um, Highland dancing? Which is one you brought up, Julie? Right. Highland dancing. Just because Highland dancing is like kilts and all that. All Scottish that. Highlands, 19th century. After the ban was removed after the act of prescription, which forbade the wearing of kilts by civilian males, went into effect. It was repealed 1782. They have a huge gala um, boosted by Queen Victoria's enthusiasm. With the beginning of the Highland Games, they take old Scottish-style mm. war dances that were used, change them for a more English audience, and they become... The exact same process as the kilts and the tartans. So they did exist. Well, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like in general it's like they did exist, but not to this extent, basically, is what we're saying. Yeah. It's the same thing so with India. I just want to find something that's yeah. like, like stereotypical of Scotland, but foods. that has been there longer. Like, what about, what about haggis? Haggis? Haggis is. <laughs> um, I also know that, uh, I mean, like tossing cabers, for example, that's pretty traditional. Chucking, chucking huge logs, the caber. Toss. Oh yeah. yeah, that's that hasn't nice. been touched. That's a fun game. Yeah. <laughs> Have well, you done it? When you're bored in the woods. <laughs> Golf is Scottish. Right? Golf is Scottish. That Golf is also. They, Scottish, they, yeah. they they hit sh- sheep shit, right? Is that it? Haggis. Yeah. Uh, popularly assumed to be of Scottish origin, but many countries have produced similar dishes. However, the recipes known and standardized now are distinctly Scottish. Uh, okay. The original haggis, uh, or hagese, I don't know how you pronounce it, was a verse cookbook, <laughs> Liberi Curum Cocorum, dating from around 1430 in Lancashire, and as a hags of a schwip. Lancashire, which is not Scotland, but hey, that's earlier than 1600. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the there's very few in sort of uh, talking about like where it comes from. Um, yeah, it just seems to be a traditional northern meal that probably would have been made mm. in other places as well. Because mm. honestly, the idea of taking a sheep's stomach and putting shit inside of it, well, not shit, putting porridge and food <laughs> inside of it and then boiling it, not a novel concept, I don't think. I feel like other cultures could develop that as well. Uh, so. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare say anything like that ever again. I think I like... Uh... Haggis is Scottish. <laughs> Just like me. She's truly yeah. subsumed into her... Her role. Hey. Yeah, Scotland's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. Pretty fun place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I learned a lot, actually. <laughs> I did too. I, I'm not even saying you that as what? a joke. I did learn a lot. <laughs> you know, educational and fun. I learned so much that I just want to sit and watch some American football and just veg out, you know? Yeah, that's still like an hour. Technically, technically the broadcast starts in 30 minutes, Jacob. So we should start those wings. And we better do Picks of the Week real quick. Mm -hmm. Alright. Well, when we return, Picks of the Week, as I said before.
If there's a theme this week in interlude music, it's the fact that all these things are 8-bit remixes of beloved songs. This one is a mashup, I guess, of Pac-Man and Come On Eileen. Come On Eileen and the Dexie Midnight Runners are definitely not uh, Scottish, but uh, I mean, they're Northern England. That's not bad. I recently watched a video all about them, and it was really interesting. They have such a strange history that might not be readily apparent to anybody because they weren't the the biggest thing outside of uh, the UK. But, you know, Come On Eileen is a great song, and um, the stories behind it are pretty cool, too. This episode was recorded at the same day as the Super Bowl, which is one of my favorite things, and uh, it was my pick of the week. Uh, Spoiler alert. Unfortunately, the end result was not exactly the one that I wanted, which was disappointing, but I guess if you want to have good villains, they have to win some of the time. And the Patriots certainly have won a lot. I do wish that that game would have been more interesting and more exciting to watch, but uh, I guess we were due for a long, drawn-out defensive battle. The football gods willed it, and uh, that's what we ended up with. I will say those wings that Alden talked about at the end, we're very good. It's been a long time since I've eaten good wings. I could go for some right now, in fact. I could also go for some fish and chips. Ugh, man. Scotland, fried food, greasy food. It makes sense when you're there. Um, the warm, nice weather did not last very long, and the rest of the days it pretty much rained for a lot of it. But still, a change of pace from our usual thing here in Jinchiton. Well... Um, yeah, let's get right back into it and uh, end off with our picks of the week. Unlike most times, I'm the one who's doing it. Welcome, everyone. Uh, welcome to our Picks of the Week, where we pick our picks. Oh, and man. we say, what's well, Zim and our Zams? <laughs> hey, Alden, why don't you go first this time? Because I feel guilty about going first all the time. Yeah, but I feel guilty about a lot of things too, Jacob. But... <laughs> no, I'm just saying, generally, you say, why don't you go first? Because I feel guilty for oh, starting. it's a joke. I was being you. Oh. <laughs> I was being you. <laughs> See, this is what happens when... <laughs> Why I don't listen? No, yeah. I wasn't gonna. Well, you were gonna say, say that, James. Say that, okay. but... Picks of the week. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. Ah, I'm such a nag. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, deep introspection of our own faults. Well, all right, then I'll we... go first. Fuck it. I, my pick of the week is the thing that. Wait, happening. are you are you me right now? Or are you? No, you? I'm me. I'm being me. Cause like you're just gonna. <laughs> I my pick of the goddamn week. <laughs> no shit. Is the goddamn thing that's happening tonight that probably my prediction is none of us will be able to actually watch the full thing because it's gonna be way too late. Uh, the the goddamn U.S. of A. Super Bowl.
USA, USA, USA. So we got, we got, we have no idea. This, this. By the time this gets edited and processed, the Super Bowl will be a but a scant memory oh, yeah. in everyone's mind. But right now, it's fresh. Still don't know. Yeah. Who will be the victor? The New York, New New York, the New England Patriots or the L.A. Rams? Uh, can the Rams do the upset and uh, destroy the dynasty of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady? Fuck you, Tom Brady. Or will they just stomp on them because that's what they always do? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. they didn't last year. They know they lost last year. Yeah. They're they're shook. They're shook, man. Yeah, maybe. I I still really like football. I think I've talked enough about my uh, deep conflictions. Yeah, and maybe someday I'll come to a. Realization about it, but for now, I'm just gonna watch the game and uh, enjoy, enjoy some chicken it. wings. Enjoy it, yeah. You know, that's the thing. Super Bowl is like Julie, you were saying, Super Bowl is kind of unlike anything else. Mm-hmm. It's because it's, yeah. it's, we were going over like some quizzes about like how much money it costs mm-hmm. to do a 30 second ad and like how the and the cost of yeah going and the and the halftime show, like, there's yeah. so much. Yeah, people it's just are, so like almost absurd. It's just it's so much for for all three of us to real human beings to go to the 2020 Super Bowl. Uh, real human beings at home, go ahead, get your predictions in. Give you a few seconds. <laughs> Super Bowl. Can you guess? Can you guess? That's. Wow. It's better than anything I've ever fucking made. <laughs> you um, lie. For one person, it costs... To four, sit in the nosebleeds. To sit in the nosebleed section, mm-hmm. it costs $4,599. So for all three of us, it's it's upwards of uh, $13,000. For like six hours, maybe? Oh, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No wonder, like, no wonder you make it, uh, like, you make it a, like, a day at home. Yeah. No wonder, like, why, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, of course, yeah, and I don't know, I mean, it can Well, be yeah, fun. and I guess, Su- Super yeah. Bowl parties can be fun. I, I've, I've had a lot of enjoyment mm-hmm. out of that. It's, it's one of the few things that people really watch live television for anymore. Yeah. Because like, there's really no yeah. reason to for a lot well, of it, Well, so. yeah, that's kind of like what we were saying about how there's almost, like, n- now you'd buy an ad for the Super Bowl, like for the novelty of it, rather yeah. than like because you have TV now where you, you yeah. can just skip through the ads and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean the Super Bowl ads themselves are like played before the game actually happens. Right, like they're on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. you know, and I don't think they've been that effective. Yeah, so I don't know. It's yeah. True. So to make this dream come true for Jacob and real human beings, we've set up a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> Send me you to thieves. the Super Bowl. You thieves! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the way I'm gonna spin it. Go check us. Check go check out our GoFundMe <laughs> and our Patreon page. <laughs> our patron. Uh, what? <laughs> it's pretty good. Patron. We should. We should start one. No. What? Why not? No, you can't just take money from like. Well, then you start becoming a business, and you have to. Well, hey, just yeah, right. and NPR does it. Yeah. So. And we're basically NPR. And <laughs> there's very little difference. No, honestly. Uh, um. Well, Super Bowl, football, wings, friends. That's my pick. 
Nicely said. Nicely said. Nicely said. You should uh, be on NPR. Thank you. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Oh, <laughs> I mean it. Uh, oh, who's up next for the pick of the week? I went for much thought towards this. So we That's were... fine. Don't think. Just All right, I know what I want. Okay, okay go ahead. Time. What's your pick of the week, Alden? So this is a story about me with a half bottle. Because I had to get a few drinks to pick up the courage to speak to her. Early east, the Kilyard man. Oh, all the way from Brixton. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. God of oil and the orange juice. He went into a pub, covered parley. Oh, my pick of the week is being in a land where I can, <laughs> where I can buy <laughs> this simultaneous head drop of like uh, <laughs> being in a land, being in a land where I can buy, where I can buy booze, <laughs> where I can buy booze. Well, no, I think it's more just like me realizing. I think there are things that I value about Western society that I hold way more dearly than I thought I did. Yeah, I've definitely had that too. There, there are things that I'm like when I come back here, I'm like, oh fuck, no, I actually really dislike that. Uh, in China or wherever else and I there are things that I want in a society that I would fight for that I value that I find <laughs> I just think the funny thing that now you I are talking about that you want yeah, the to con- fight for is the, the fact that you can the buy con- beer here <laughs> the context is, is shitty but I think the, let's let's make that bigger not just beer but like the way cheese. you appro- the way you- bread. <laughs> cheese, cheese bread, bread. <laughs> the way you meet the way you approach problems the way you approach problems the way the way that certain things are done, you and the better way better have a good example. Um, so, for example, he's digging. He's looking for a good example. Yeah, no, Alden, do you want general, the shovel okay. to help you no. dig this hole? No, I'm digging my way. I'm in the subway. I'm standing at the door. The door's open. Hey, yeah. look, nobody's standing in front of me. I can leave the subway, and then they get on. And yeah. I feel like this is a very basic fucking concept. <laughs> That any sentient being would notice. <laughs> but apparently, in other parts of the world, it's not. Or, hey, I want to tell or convey information about an important bureaucratic or governmental thing. I will not just simply, like, not care about things or make any, like, exceptions. Like, for example, China is very big on security. I walk into their, their doors. I go up to the immigration desk. Nobody there speaks English. They will glance at my passport and let me into that country. If you are another person trying to enter into the UK or Canada, there are people there, hopefully, who can speak your language, and they will ask you questions. They will. Mm, I mean, hey, that's dude. A, we, I know. Yeah, temper that. The, temper that. We were at the UK immigration and nobody, line, yeah. and there was nobody will, there who was speaking Mandarin. I will admit that there are faults, but they will still make the attempt to communicate with somebody trying to enter that country. They will still make the attempt at it. And that is all I'm like, like the giving up attitude of China of just weird shit. Like the amount of times I've asked a question and students or other people native to that country have responded like, oh, I don't know either. 
like I also have no idea why this thing is, it's just the way it is, is surprisingly high. Whereas I feel like if I was in Canada, if I asked a question about why this thing is the way it is, I would hopefully at some point get an answer. So you might, like maybe you'd get an answer, but it wouldn't necessarily, it would be like equally unsatisfying. Yes. True. But I, I see, I do see what you're saying. I'm being very crass about um, it. And I'm doing sweeping generalizations. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, I'm doing sweeping generalizations. Yeah. But at and the I same agree time, like, I it comes of, across as incredibly racist, but I just think that. Yeah, like I don't. Coming, well, yeah, no. I, no, like, it is incredibly racist of me. Fine. But. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but well, just, but, just thinking about like. Like, uh, you know, people at the borders. Like, I think what you're trying to say is the attempt to communicate mm -hmm. is there in yeah, even if it's countries other than China. But I kind of, I'm someone that's kind of like, 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 why do we need border security? I agree like, with that, too. So, um. <laughs> well, I know why you need uh, border security, um. but like, what I'm saying is like, no, why we like um what <laughs> why do countries need to be why are there borders between countries why, why have can countries it just at be all? one world yeah why have countries God at all damn it, Jacob. my i guess i think but <laughs> we're working through it to get there it's like it's like you know it's like um like what is oh, it like um not liberalism what is it like no you know, to like get to, uh, oh fuck, what kind of polit- mm, I forget what it's called. What is it? It's not liberalism, what, what like political movement is it where like, to get there you kinda, it like, sets you- oh, doesn't matter. Um, no, no, go on. No, I can't remember what it is, but mm. it's like, you know, it's like democracy is the ideal, but on your way to democracy, you hit like a whole bunch of. No, never mind. I don't know. Um, yeah, so you're mm -hmm. you're enjoying. Uh... I'm enjoying being back in a country that I was that is yeah. very similar to the country I was raised in, and I realize there are a lot of things here that I just enjoy more. Neoliberalism. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, no, that's fair. I, I, no, I play myself I'm sorry, because, no, because I, I agree with you. I, I do enjoy being back in a country that's familiar. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, I mean, I, is, guess, is I it, guess I don't really... I guess, I guess I'm just... And like I would gonna, have, I'm going to accept China for what it is. Yeah, and I um, live there, and I'm very... I love it there, and I'm very happy to be there. And, like, the... Sure, but I... And like, I'm sure like the experience would be reversed for somebody who no, lived well, in China their whole I, life and went to Canada, and they came back to China, to be like, oh, man, this is so much I, better than I, being in Canada. I value a heterogeneous, multicultural, mm -hmm. democratic uh, system. And mm -hmm. I think being in China has helped me realize that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I do appreciate a lot of stuff about America. Like, it's pretty great in a lot of ways. And I guess greater is Canada, Western society in general, like, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, I, I get where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry that... No, no, you I'm don't need to apologize. Harsh, you don't need to apologize. Uh, yeah. Anyways. You're not racist. You're not I'm racist. very racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. That's the name. Wait. If you rearrange the, the letters of Alden McQueen, it spells Jim Williams. <laughs> it's been in front of me the whole time. 
It's like oh, a Da Vinci man. Code thing where the, the letters, like, they change, like, you know. Yeah, rearrange. Yeah. Uh, so, Julie, what's, oh, what's your what's pick, of the, pick week? of the week? Well. You, like, had one there for a second, right? No, that was. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it'd have to be these two. Wow. I'd love to say these two guys in my apartment <laughs> that are crashing. <laughs> They're awesome. I love having visitors. Aww. But if we did if we did a pod in a week, I might be like, get the fuck out of my head. I, well, I believe no, that too, yeah. No, I'm not. No. Um, <laughs> I believe after this pod, you're going to be like, get the nice. fuck out. Pick of the week would have to be three-in-one pizza. No. Oh, yeah. Well, good. Um, Although I liked... I liked Chili no, Grills. Yeah, no. Chili Grills. Chili Grills. So three-in-one is uh, the local Danone? What? Local, yeah. I mean, I. Yeah, probably like my pick of the week overall is having you guys here because it's. Um, I'm seeing Danoon with fresh eyes, which is great. Uh huh. Because it is like a small town and it gets to you. Um, I've got quite a lot of free food. Most of it's been like junk, which is great too. <laughs> hey, it's vacation. Um, baby. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. But also like. If I were to be completely honest, my pick of the week was yesterday after going to see a play that I had um, been involved with for so long, <laughs> getting to talk about it afterwards with you intelligent folks like that. That was actually like, this is my jam. I missed this. It was a really nice conversation. Yeah. You can listen um, to it all later. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Probably we'll not. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, um, yeah, so yeah. intelligent conversation about... Yeah, the, the play game. Stags and Hens, the mm-hmm. remix by Willie Russell, which was an Amdram produc- production by the, the noon players that I forced these two guys to go see. I enjoyed it. Hey. Yeah. It was a really I, yeah. cool experience. I really like the... I really like the, the play. Mm-hmm. I really like the, the, the content and everything mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot, there's a lot to it. Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah. I really appreciate seeing it. Um, Give me a lot to think about in my yeah, crackpot good. head. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's like that's that's my pick of the week. I think. And that's a good pick of the week you have. Mm-hmm. Or three, or whatever. It is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever <laughs> number we're on. Pizza. You know, every <laughs> pizza is my pick. Pizza would be my pick of the week every week, though. So. <laughs> I have to switch it up a little bit, I think. That's the problem. Once again. <laughs> Once again, it's pizza. pizza. Hey, it's that time again. It's called Pick of the Pizza. <laughs> pizza. pizza. I got us a pizza. I got us a pizza. Well, any any last uh, any last things you want to say before I end this recording? <sighs> Good night. Good luck. And, and God, God bless. save the queen. <laughs> Whatever. Something like that. <laughs> no, uh... I, I really love being in Scotland. I'm very happy to have my friends with me. I'm amazed every day that they put up with me. And that's not a lie. <laughs> oh, man. I love you. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's a lot better. That's a lot sweeter than any of our other ones that are rendered off. That's true. You know what? (laughs) Let's put it there with a heartfelt, heartfelt reminder that uh, you know, be nice to your friends. Go, Mm. go, say hi to them. Send them a Facebook message. Uh, Reach out a hand. You know, 
They might just surprise you. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Alright. I'm gonna stop now. It's almost two hours. <laughs> I'm this cough. I'm gonna stop on this cough. Damn it! You wanna take Tilda out for a little. little pivot? Search it. Bing search it. Bing what? <laughs> Theater light signs. Oh, it's cutting in and out. It's fine. Uh, um, <laughs> Theater light signs. Like, this is what happens when you put, like when you weird. unblock Reddit. <laughs> what, I'm looking up the history of shortbread. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Um, of no, but people. like, yeah, yeah. In Cleveland, they have this, they have this nice like farmer, like not farmers market. There's this nice market that uh, it's like in a repurposed like a uh, train yard nice oh, same sweet. in philadelphia That's... too actually another thing about it. maybe <laughs> just lost... like train yards <laughs> like train train stations yeah. huh. well anyways <laughs> whatever like they would just use it as hello to the <laughs> 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 <laughs>